Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. Welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of The Box of Oddities. Or not welcome back if this is your first one. Yeah, well, if it's your first one, you're listening out of order, and uh, that drives us crazy. Please don't do that, because you wouldn't know If you are just now jumping in, in episode three, you would not know that I am married to a woman who has cannibal DNA. There's no particular order that you have to listen to these episodes. You're fine. But if you want to learn more about uh, why Kat has cannibal DNA, she's descended from... Don't worry uh, about it. Papua New Guinea cannibals. You're doing fine. We found out. Uh, And the ironic thing is uh, we're both vegetarian, (laughs) which is the only reason I sleep well at night. (laughs) <laughs> you don't sleep well. No, it's true. Liar! I have nightmares, and uh, we're here to share some of them with you on the Box of Oddities. Before we get going, just wanted to say we, we really appreciate the five-star ratings that we've we've had. Oh my gosh, we're so excited and so, I don't know, I don't want to say surprised, but we're, we're very pleased with the response so far, and we're loving all of the feedback that we're getting. This is this is very exciting, and we're so glad that you're joining us for this, because it's something that we do anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're just sharing it with you. Right. This, these are the conversations we have uh, just sitting around on the couch at home, <laughs> which is pretty much what we're doing anyway, so we just thought we'd push record and, uh, and send them along. You can visit us at uh, the box theboxofoddities.com. Also, social media. Right. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and you should definitely uh, find us because we make a lot of the stories come to life uh, by way of photos on Instagram and links on Facebook and Twitter and such. And so you can follow up if there's anything that you find particularly interesting and want to and want to search a little on your own. All right. I choose a story, a weird story. Cat chooses a weird story. Mm-hmm. We don't tell each other what we've researched, and we just kind of spring it on each other. So who goes first? Good question. Um, you went first last week. That's Did I? Yeah. Are you sure? 
Pretty sure. Um, but we could spin the, the big glass blue head that we have here. Oh, yeah. Okay, that'll work. By that'll the, work. Okay. Way, where did you get that, by the way? I don't remember. I don't know. I come across so many things because you know how I love antiques mm-hmm. and uh, weird shops. Anything that sells stuff that's different, I, I will I will seek out. And Oh, no, I got it at a yard sale. Uh. I found it at a yard sale, and I couldn't believe that nobody had snatched it up yet because it was only like $5. <laughs> so it's a cobalt blue glass head. Yeah. Oh, I'll post a picture on Instagram. Okay. There you go. Let's spin it. See who goes first. Oh. So it would be me this week. How can you tell? Because the nose is pointing right at me. Oh, is that the... Okay. All right. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to talk about cellular memory. Do you know what this is? Mm. Cellular memory. I don't think so. It's uh, the theory that when a transplant patient receives an organ from another person, then memories and feelings and cravings of the donor are transferred along with the the organ. I've seen so many movies about this. It doesn't end up well. Going to talk about one case specifically, but uh, just to kind of explain what this is and give you a few examples, I uh, came across... Some information by uh, Dr. Gary Schwartz, Ph.D., and Linda Rusick, Ph.D. They have written a book. It, uh, they propose the universal living memory hypothesis, which basically they believe that uh, all the systems store energy dynamically. And the information continues as living and evolving system after the uh, physical structure has been disconnected. So kind of like um, in an alien movie where the alien bits go out and and do their own hunting, yeah. they but they all share like a, a, a single mind. Sure. So you, you they work individually and as a whole. Yeah. In so, fact, an alternate uh, name for this is the alien bits theory. <laughs> Along with a guy named Paul Pearsall. Uh, who wrote a book called The Heart's Code. They interviewed, I guess, almost 150 heart transplant patients and and other organ transplant patients as well. And uh, I'm getting this information from alternate-doctor.com. Here are some of the cases that they they actually interviewed. An 18-year-old boy who uh, was pretty talented. He played music. He wrote poetry. He composed songs. He was uh, killed in an automobile accident. And mm-hmm. after he, he died, his parents came across some audio tape of a song that he had written. And the song was called, Danny, My Heart is Yours. His heart was donated to a recipient whose name was Danielle, but she was known as Danny. That's so cool. I mean... That's that would be like proactive cellular memory. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's a weird coincidence. But it gets stranger when when she met the donor's family, they dug that tape out and they played it for her, mm-hmm. and she sang along and knew all the words. What? Yeah. No. Yes. In another case, a seven-month-old boy received a heart from a sixteen-month-old boy who had drowned. A sixteen-month-old boy. Yeah. The uh, donor had a mild form of cerebral palsy, mostly on the left side, and after the transplant. The recipient started developing paralysis on the left side. Oh, my goodness. A 47-year-old man received a heart from a young 17-year-old boy who was killed in a drive-by. After the, uh, the operation, he started to 
develop a newfound love for classical music, and he was into like thrash metal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He started to develop this amazing desire to listen to and learn about classical music, and it was discovered that uh, the transplant donor, when he died, he was coming back from a violin lesson. Oh. And he died clutching his violin case to his chest. Now, one could say that's, you know, that's a coincidence, I guess. This is a weird one. A 27-year-old lesbian who had a fast food craving, she she loved fast food, received a heart from a 19-year-old woman vegetarian who was, shall we say, man-crazy. The recipient reported after the operation that meat made her sick and she could no longer go to any fast food restaurants. Wow. And she started to become more attracted to men and less attracted to women. In fact, she uh, became engaged and married a guy. That's fascinating. And a 47-year-old man received a heart from a 14-year-old girl gymnast who had, um, I guess, apparently had some issues with eating disorders. Shortly after he received the transplant, he could no longer eat large meals. Um, In fact, food started to make him nauseated. And his family noticed that uh, he had a, a different childlike exuberance about him and he giggled like a little girl oh my goodness but the case i want to talk about today is about uh terry coddle and sonny graham terry coddle was married to a woman whose name was cheryl and the relationship was tumultuous at best she had been married a couple of times before Mm -hmm. and uh, had some children and had very specific ideas as to how much money he should make and that sort of thing they got married but it was uh, was a very tense marriage after a short period of time like a couple of years the marriage was on the rocks and terry had moved out but he decided he was going to give it another try so he moved back in but uh, his wife, Cheryl, said, no, you know, they had another big fight. I'm leaving. That's it. I'm done. So he went into the bathroom and put a gun to his head and he shot himself. Mm. So his um, heart was donated oh. and it was donated to a guy named Sonny Graham. This is in Georgia where this happened. And so Sonny Graham gets Terry Cottle's heart. Okay. He decides that he's going to reach out to the donor's family, which many people do. Sure, sure. So he wrote a letter to Cheryl, Terry Cottle's widow. Right. And they decided they were going to meet. So they met and they fell in love. It was said that when they first looked at each other, when he looked in her eyes, it was like he had known her forever. Well, yeah, but you'd think that would make him want to run away. (laughs) She sounds awful. Yeah. Well, they got married and they were married for quite a while. Oh, my goodness. Until they started fighting. No! And uh, this went on for quite some time. Sonny tried to reconcile. Right. She didn't want to reconcile. So Sonny went out to the utility shed and put a gun to his head. (gasps) No! And shot himself. Oh, my God. Two men, one heart, same wife, same fate. I mean... Have the police investigated her? Because this sounds super sketchy. I know it does, doesn't it? And they did. And they found no evidence of foul play. Oh, my gosh. They just chalked it up to a very bizarre experience. Well, also a horrible wife. Well, there's an article that came out a couple of years after this happened in uh, the British Daily Mail, where they interviewed members of... Both Terry's family and Sonny's family, they said that uh, she drove them to it. 
According to this article in the Daily Mail, a prison officer, John Johnson, was one of the survivors. She got married like five times. Ah. And one of the surviving husbands said, she's a tyrant. One day she hates you. The next day she loves you. The next day she hates you again. I guess I'm lucky to be alive. Wow. Members of their family have said the same thing. Sounds like she has some sort of personality disorder. We know some people like that. It's fine. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. It's pretty bad when you can refer to ex-husbands as survivors. Yeah, that's a scary thought, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, headlines around the world when this happened, sure. start, they started um, talking about, uh, is there a suicide gene? I guess that's a, that's a good question. Of course, they've never found anything to uh, substantiate that. It just really comes down to, apparently, according to family members and, and surviving husbands, <laughs> this woman was just impossible to live with. Now, when she was 27, she had already been married several times. At the time of this writing, she was up to uh, to five husbands. I don't know, though. It makes sense that your your body would retain and and your your body and then your organs would retain certain feelings. Like you remember the um, the water experiment with the the thoughts infused oh, yeah, with yeah. the water. Um, it was uh, what the bleep was that on what the bleep? Yeah, it was it was featured in what the bleep. Uh, the scientist from Japan who actually did the experiments has a book out. It's something about water memory. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of it. We'll we'll post it on uh, social media. It uh, the idea is <clears throat> that he would take drops of water and he would uh, put them in bottles with words on them like love. Or hate. The positive loving words when he froze the crystals had these beautiful patterns. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were evil or had negative association with them were all disjointed and ugly and yeah and, and it's really interesting and he 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 gave those feelings to the water too like didn't he every day he, he spoke would, over he them would spoke to the, yeah yeah he did so it, that's pretty I mean why wouldn't if water retains that why wouldn't your your body bits because we're mostly water right it would make sense wouldn't yeah. it yeah, it certainly would so mind your thoughts right that's and, and also don't forget to donate your organs. Yeah, don't forget to donate your organs, but uh, before you do, think good thoughts. Think good thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) The Box of Oddities. At a frequency so high, only your dog can understand. Here are five weird facts really quick. Five weird facts about pregnancy. Number five. In addition to her uterus, a woman's feet and heart increase in size during pregnancy. Sounds uncomfortable. Number four. Pregnant women who suffer with heartburn are more likely to give birth to babies with full heads of hair. That's weird. Number three. Babies can taste the foods their mothers eat in the womb. Number two, the longest known pregnancy lasted for a year and 10 days. Ouch. And number one, nipple stimulation is the only scientific proven method of legitimately bringing on labor. Plus, it's just fun. (laughs) The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. So what's your story this week? Um, okay. This is something I have been fascinated by for some time, and you and I have talked briefly about this. And when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do this week, I kind of just happened upon something that reminded me of this, and I immediately knew. I was like, yes, okay. So 
uh, leading to the mass murder and mutilation of Native Americans, throwing ragers that consisted of over 10,000 people and straight up murdering several people in duels. This week, we're going to talk about the lunatic that became our seventh president, Andrew Jackson. Ooh. Yes. He was a lunatic? Yeah, he was a nut job. No, I, we do have a fascination with the history of presidents. We really do. But I don't remember ever discussing the lunacy of Andrew Jackson. Do you remember the video that I sent you where the, I, there, I was watching a documentary about his, his various duels? And oh, I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. he killed a guy. Yeah, and yeah. that was where this all started. But those were different times. They were different times. And it started for him very young. Jackson enlisted with uh, the, the local militia at the age of 13, he wanted to be a part of the military from a very young age and decided this is how he was going to make it happen. He signed up as a courier in the Revolutionary War, and he was captured by a British commander, and the British commander ordered Andrew to clean his boots. And uh, at 13 years old, he said, no, oh. I'm not doing it. And that enraged wow. the commander uh, who swung his sword at him and and put a large gash on Jackson's head. And you could see the scar in, in, in most of the yeah, that's, portraits yeah, of yeah, him. Yeah, on a $20 bill. That's Well, yeah, for now. <laughs> that's from when he was 13. And he defied a, uh, a British commander in the Revolutionary War. That's crazy. Um. And Andrew Jackson had some balls. He, they called him balls to the wall, you know? That's which also balls to the wall. Interesting story that I'm sure we'll talk about sometime. He <laughs> um, didn't stop there, though. He had great ambition and wanted to be a part of things. His family um, and the people near to him from a very young age said that he was never settled. He was never calm. He never felt um, like he wanted to be drama free like he was big and whirlwindy all the time do, do you think that he had a personality disorder I think too it's very possible wow so uh some say that it was over a horse race some say that it was because of smack talk toward jackson's wife but uh either way in may of 1806 andrew jackson challenged a man named charles dickinson to a duel now, this is one of several duels that he was a part of, but this is also the most well-known. Jackson knew that Dickinson was considered an expert shot, and after studying some game film, decided that the best strategy would be to let Dickinson fire first. Studying some film? But they didn't have film. No, not film. It's game film. And when I say when I think game film, I think, oh, let's, let's see how Tom Brady did last week. <laughs> For the past. Um, it was information that had been documented uh, about they, how Charles okay. Dickinson dueled. Okay, so and they called it game film. Yes. F-I-L-M. Yes. Interesting. Um, in the day, in 1806, they didn't call it game film. Okay, that's what you called yes. it. Yes. Okay, all right. Okay, you, you lost me there. I'm sorry. It's not the first time. <laughs> I'm easily lost. So... He did some research about how Charles Dickinson dueled. Okay. Not watching movies about okay. it. Okay, all right. And <laughs> and oh lordy, he decided that the best strategy would be to let Dickinson fire first, which isn't just nuts. He was like, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead, let him 
let him draw, let him fire first. Wow. Uh, because he hoped that he would, in his haste, miss. And that way, Jackson would have as much time as he needed to aim. Dickinson, though, did not miss. He did hit Jackson in the chest, but... Jackson was fueled off of whiskey and rage, apparently, and managed to calmly aim his gun and hit Dickinson in his own chest, who later died of his wound. Uh, Jackson was quoted as saying, if he had shot me through the brain, sir, I still should have killed him. That's yeah. amazing. So he sustained a chest wound. Correct. And this was 1806. And, of course, during that time... They had uh, very little knowledge of surgery or antiseptics, or they had no knowledge of that. Right. And usually, the way that they would just uh, operate on people with chest wounds is they just stick their fingers in there, their dirty, feces covered fingers in someone's bullet hole, and fish around inside and hope that they could just find it with their fingers and pull it out. Right. And then they would just cauterize it. Yeah. All right. Well, all you germs and stuff can just stay in there yeah. forever. They, I was reading recently, too, that during that period, specifically a little bit later, the, the Civil War, they thought that pus was a good thing. They thought pus was the sign of uh, the body healing itself. Oh, no. And so they would leave it all in there. They Ugh. wouldn't clean it out. Pus is the grossest. It's so gross. It's a horrible word. Let's stop saying it immediately. That's another thing. There are certain words Cat doesn't like. I mean, that's not unusual. Everyone like the, has words that they don't like. You don't like the word moist. That is a very common word not to like. Whatever. Anyway, so it's reported that before ever becoming president, Jackson fought in 103 duels. 100, 103 duels? That is the word. A every duel had... Uh, had shots fired? That's correct. Holy crap. But that is a an estimate. It, there, we have no way of knowing exactly how many duels he took part in. But it is said that he kept 37 pistols ready to use in duels at all times. He had them all ready all on the him? time. On him? I don't know. <laughs> like, it, it bit like weird adornments. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly Do how he like did that. you like my earrings? <laughs> They're pistols. They're pistols. <clears throat> So as you know, uh, Andrew Jackson has a, a horrible history when it comes to Native Americans, and we could go, we could launch into that for a really long time. Uh, all of the things that went down uh, between Jackson and the Native Americans. However, uh, we will just touch upon this. He did adopt a Native American baby, and there are defenders who, who say, look at this. Isn't he good for adopting a Native American baby? Hmm. Um, but it's because he killed his fam that baby's family in the first place, um, and he had no qualms about targeting peaceful encampments. Um, there were, um, in fact, some souvenirs that he would keep. Of his kills. No. Um, body parts? Body parts. Scalps and noses. Noses? And at one point, the soldiers in one massacre ended up with 557 noses. So he adopts the child of a family that he butchered. Right. And he keeps their scalps and noses. Mm -hmm. What did he do with them? Make a little, like, a, like some sort of a, a morbid crib mobile. For the child, you know, like little noses hanging down and he can count while he drifts off to 
Some sort of a dark, hellish nightmare? I don't know that he was very crafty, so I don't know that that's the, the, hey, the rope Andrew that he Andrew Jackson with. was crafty. <laughs> so um, after a very hard-fought campaign... When he was elected president, uh, he was ready to celebrate his inauguration, right? And what better than inviting the entire country to party with him at his awesome new mansion? So he got the festivities started when he returned to the White House after the inauguration, and it got a little out of hand with the crowd swelling to over 20,000 people. Who were fueled by whiskey and enthusiasm. Exactly. Um, They destroyed furniture and China, and uh, it got so crazy that uh, Jackson had to escape through a window. (laughs) And it was only after that they moved barrels of whiskey out onto the front lawn that they were able to get people out. It's like a frat house. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. So... um, they literally took barrels of whiskey, moved it out onto the front lawn. The uh, what's it called? The 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 front lawn of the White House is called the, uh, the um, North Rose lawn, Garden, the, or I don't know what it is. Uh, I can't remember um, which what's front and what's back. One of them. They lawns. both look like the front to me. <laughs> and uh, that's the only way that they were able to get the mob out of the White House. Um, in one incident, uh, <laughs> toward the end of his uh, career in the White House, uh, he decided that one last party was in order. Now, a few years earlier, a dairy farmer had sent the president a wheel of cheese as a, I, uh, I appreciate you and I think you're a great president, President Jackson. Here's some cheese gift. Sure. Um, but the wheel of cheese weighed about 1,400 pounds. So after receiving the cheese and coming to terms with the the fact that even though he was a formidable opponent, he could not eat that much cheese. Um, (laughs) Even fueled with whiskey and enthusiasm. (laughs) Well, he left it sitting in the foyer for anyone to enjoy. Uh, A few years later, a massive chunk of cheese still sat there. So he thought, as he was getting ready to exit the White House, we'll throw a party and people will eat this cheese. So he had a cheese-eating party. About 10,000 people arrived to... Uh, enjoy the cheese and they did eat it all within two hours but apparently the smell of cheese could allegedly be smelled several blocks away one man (laughs) described it as and i'm quoting an evil smelling horror (laughs) this is this is the kind of stuff that went down in the white house um president martin van buren new president martin van buren had to air the carpet for many days and take away the curtains they repainted the whole white house in an effort to get rid of the um the cheese smell and uh see victory uh over the cheese wow As I mentioned, there are uh, lots of places where we could expand on any one of these stories. But the general idea is uh, Andrew Jackson was a lunatic, a cheese and whiskey loving lunatic. He was, who murdered people and made uh, morbid crib mobiles out of their body parts. There is nothing that supports that theory. In my mind, that's what I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. though, is that he did that. There's nothing to substantiate it. However, there is nothing to disprove it. Right. And that's all you need. That's all I need. Could it be? And some cheese and whiskey. (laughs) Yes, could it be? She always makes fun of me. I'll be watching um, Ancient Aliens on A&E or something, and uh, she'll hear the music playing from the other room, and she'll poke her head out of the room and say, could it be? Because they always say that. Yeah. Could it be that blah, 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 and then they say, Ancient alien theorists say yes. 
It's a good gr drinking game. Watch Ancient Aliens, and every time they say ancient alien theorists say yes, you take a shot of whiskey or a piece of cheese. Or a piece of cheese. That'll do. Thanks again for joining us uh, for the Box of Oddities. We appreciate your company because we're just lonely freaks sitting on a sofa in Bangor, Maine, <laughs> the hometown of Stephen King. We only mention that because we want to glum off his success somehow. We love you. Plus, if you haven't read Gerald's game, do it. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those of whom I report to to beseech you for assistance. The Box of Oddities is free. We ask but one thing of you. To provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash BoxOfOdditiesPodcast On Twitter at BoxOfOddities And Instagram at BoxOfOdditiesPodcast Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.